Isaiah chapter 66, verses 1 through 6. Thus says the Lord, heaven is my throne and the earth is my footstool. What is the house that you would build for me? And what is the place of my rest? All these things my hand has made. And so all these things came to be, declares the Lord. But this is the one to whom I will look. He who is humble and contrite in spirit and trembles at my word. He who slaughters an ox is like one who kills a man. He who sacrifices a lamb like one who breaks a dog's neck. He who presents a grain offering like one who offers pig's blood. He who makes a memorial offering of frankincense like one who blesses an idol. These have chosen their own ways and their soul delights in their abominations. And I will also choose harsh treatment for them and bring their fears upon them. Because when I called, no one answered. When I spoke, they didn't listen, but they did what was evil in my eyes and chose that in which I do not delight. Hear the word of the Lord, you who tremble at his word. Your brothers who hate you and cast you out for my name's sake have said, let the Lord be glorified that we may see your joy, but it is they who will be put to shame. The sound of an uproar from the city, a sound from the temple, the sound of the Lord rendering recompense to his enemies. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Thomas, this, uh, you know, it's not all sunny uh, here towards the end of Isaiah 60 or just towards the end of Isaiah. Yesterday was, you know, this beautiful, uh, sunny passage. And we ended yesterday's passage talking about how the caveat here is that, you know, this is for those who would turn to the Lord. Mm. And, and so we can't just take the wolf and the lamb grazing together and, you know, just be like, all right, sick, um, close Bible, good work. But that we actually need to tremble with the word of the Lord. We need to fear him and trust him and love him. And then we'll be ushered into this new kingdom. And that's exactly what Isaiah turns to here. Mm. Chapter 66. You know, I, I uh, have a personal connection to this passage because the second time I ever preached was this passage. Okay. And the, the amazingly foolish thing about it is, you know, I like chose it. Like I, I had the entire Bible at my fingertips and I wanted, you know, being the like musician songwriter person that I am, I didn't want to like preach on something that people had heard before. So I went for he did who do, slaughters did an you ox do like, like one who kills a man. Like Bible roulette? Yeah. Like yeah, just, yeah. just open it up and point and Come whatever off, you. Basically. Okay. Um, and, you know, it is an amazing passage. And But when I think back on how I unpacked it, I just, I, I was like a sophomore in college too. Like I, yeah, you were. I just cringe. I just cringe. So how'd you do? How was the sermon? I, I cringe. Okay. <laughs> I, mean, right, we'll move I don't on. know. Ho let's move on. Hopefully for the people who are there. Yeah. No, but for me, I do. Bless his heart. So let's, let's redeem that now. <laughs> um, you know, this is an interesting passage and this is what I tried to get at as like a, you know, 20 year old or whatever. <laughs> but what's really interesting here is the Lord is naming these things that he has prescribed in the law of Moses and then saying that they are like killing a man and breaking a dog's neck. Yeah. And, 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 you know, he compares grain offerings, which are biblically mandated to pig's blood, which is, you know, biblically forbidden for the people of Israel. 
So a lot of interesting tension here. What what do you make of this passage? Well, I think there's there's some there is not an undoing of the law of Moses was bad and God made a mistake. I think you could read that and you could say, oh, well, God made a mistake when he made the sacrificial system because sacrificial system yeah. was was pointing to Christ. And so yeah. um, now did he want the sacrifices to go on forever and ever? No, clearly not. And he stopped them. Um, but it goes back to Leviticus 17 where it says that the the life is in the blood and he was showing the life is in the blood and there's yeah. life in sin and um, death in sin and life in this other. So anyway, the, all that to say, I think about like Proverbs 15, eight, that says the sacrifice of the wicked is an abomination to the Lord, mm. but the prayer of the upright is acceptable to him. Uh, in Amos, when there were so much injustice, it's Amos is a really um, transferable book to right now as we deal with justice and injustice. Uh, with all the injustice going on, people were still like doing religious things. Mm-hmm. And the Lord says, I hate your feast. I take no delight in your solemn assemblies. Well, they were feasts and assemblies that he had ordained. Mm. What he's saying is, it's not the thing. It's the person at the thing. Mm. And it's their heart. Yeah. And that is a message that is all through the scriptures, Old and New Testament. The Lord is looking at the heart. Yeah. Whether it's him picking out David and the lineup of brothers to be the next king, um, whether it's looking... Uh, the eyes of the Lord looking to and fro throughout the earth and finding Mary mm-hmm. who would bear the son of God. Uh, I mean, like the Lord is looking at the heart and what he's saying is you people's hearts are far from me. Mm. So when you sacrifice an animal, it is as shameful as if you killed the family pet. <laughs> and that is like, yeah, that is a, a graphic picture of man, these folks are just plain old religious and that's all they are. Yeah. And it, it almost be better if they just weren't. Yeah. Yeah. It almost be better if they were just like, stop taking up, stop taking up room. Yep. Like don't play, don't, don't play both sides of the fence. Yeah. So the question that it, it begs is, you know, what is central in all this? Like what is lying at the heart? And ultimately it's pride. And that's what is laid out in verses one and two. You know, it's this idea that, you know, in our religious fervor, we begin to think that we are actually like building the place where God lives. And and that's where the Israelites had come in was like, look, me and my friends, like we built the house of Yahweh. Like Yahweh lives in this house that we built. Yeah. Just to interject, it's kind of like we say, oh, it's good of me to be here for God. Boom. Yeah. It, it's, it's this idea that God has asked us to do these religious duties because he needs us to do them. And it's like, no, 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 no. God is completely self-sufficient. That's right. The, the earth and the heavens cannot contain God. And so rather than viewing these acts as, as offerings of gratitude and worship, they become this like cocked eyebrow, like badge of honor. Mm-hmm. And, and it's really delusional. And that's like what so much of the prophets like bring to the religious people is like, you are delusional. Like God is not dependent on you. You're not housing God. Mm. And, you know, early in my life, uh, as a believer, I, I, there was this point I I was walking in a lot of sin. I was really depressed and there's just like a lot going on. And 
So I was kind of in this like identity crisis. Also, I was really coming into my own as a worship leader and starting to like write songs. And I came into this point where, you know, I, I was really down in the dumps one day and I just began to think about how many people there are in the world who are like better worship leaders than me, have better voices and are better at their instruments and can write better songs than I can. And I began to feel pretty like useless and like mm. unnecessary. And at first I began to really spiral into just like discouragement and depression. But, you know, then uh, I began to think about and, and providentially, like I was reading Deuteronomy 7 that day, which basically outlines how small and insignificant Israel is. And yet God set his love on them and is faithful to his promises to them and brought mm. them out of Egypt. And I was reading that That's and I began good. to think like, maybe this feeling of insignificance is actually a blessing because God doesn't need me to lead his people in worship. No, that's good. But he, he's given me something to do. He's given me a share mm -hmm. in his house. And that like totally began to transform my view of what I do. Like, look, like the show goes on without me. And you know, if I like got crushed by a meteorite tomorrow, like churches across the world would not cease to have worship services. And yet like, how sweet does that make this gift that God's given me? Um, <clears throat> no, that is, that's so good. That, that just kind of one, I love that you went back to the scriptures in your concern. I think that is very wise. And I think that's um, so often, I mean, we have the scriptures because people went back to God. So many of the Psalms, yeah, bad things happen. They go back to God. David goes back to God, mm -hmm. meditates on God. Um, and Psalm 77 is a great one to read. If you're, want to see that kind of play out but <clears throat> i just think i the whole when david wants to build the the house for the lord and god tells him no you know david's response is very similar he says you know what is god that he even remembered me in the first place like what mm. wh who who is he that's amazing and who am i that god would think of me yeah what in the world so the fact that we have a spot at all and we're not just some bug that hits a window on the interstate and it's gone and forgotten about like mm -hmm. uh it, the fact that he's made us significant is amazing mm. and that should celebrate even more his significance yeah but <clears throat> i think what might be might be good to just maybe pin up that one verse um verse two that says but this is the one to whom i look he who is humble and contrite in spirit and trembles at my word. Mm. Maybe, maybe to kind of land the plane today, what if I just read a quick little a quick little parable that Jesus told? What if? Let's do it. <clears throat> in Luke 18, Jesus tells this piercing parable. He told this parable to some who trusted in themselves that they were righteous, and they treated others with contempt. And Jesus said, Two men went up to the temple to pray. One was a Pharisee. The other was a tax collector. The Pharisee stood by himself and prayed, God, I thank you that I'm not like other men, extortioners, unjust, adulterers, or even like this guy over here, the tax collector. I fast twice a week and I give tithes of all that I get. But the tax collector, standing far off, would not even lift up his eyes to heaven. Yeah. But he beat his breast and he said, God, be merciful to me, a sinner. Mm. Jesus said, I tell you, this man, he went down to his house justified rather than the other. For everyone who exalts himself will be humbled, but the one who humbles himself will be exalted. Man. 
Yeah, as we close, you know, let's just take inventory today. There's all these religious things that we do for the church, for other believers, for the Lord. And I think it's just good to take inventory and say, you know, is this like breaking a dog's neck in God's eyes? Mm. Or am I entering into his courts with songs of thanksgiving, Mm. with a grateful, humble heart? For Thomas Nelson, this is Will Carlisle, and we'll see you tomorrow as we continue to wrap up the book of Isaiah. Thanks for listening to Our Daily Rhythm. I'm Jason Dees, one of the pastors of Christ Covenant, and Our Daily Rhythm is a ministry of our church designed to help you more faithfully and effectively meditate on God's Word. If you ever have a question for us about one of our Bible readings or one of your own Bible readings, please don't hesitate to text us at 404-465-1737. Again, that's 404-465-1737. Or email me directly at jason at christcovenant.com. We'll meet you again tomorrow for Our Daily Rhythm.